Hello and welcome to a gay and a non-gay. I'm Dan Hudson. I'm non-gay. He's James Barr. He's gay. And we are playing a big gay show in September. And today we are delighted to announce our very first guest, James Barr. Dan Hudson. It's the hilarious Felicity Ward. Am I mentally ill? Yes, I am. Uh, I was diagnosed with evolving depression. And it's just, it's just nice to have a doctor who believes in you, you know? Like he had one look at my mental illness and thought that thing has potential. Oh my God, I'm so excited. You'll have definitely seen Felicity at one of her comedy shows in Edinburgh or in the In Between Is Two film, Hashtag Lads. And Felicity has an amazing Radio 4 show about mental health called Episodes. And you can get tickets to see us, Felicity, and another iconic special guest yet to be announced by hitting up gaynongay.com forward slash live. That's gaynongay.com slash live. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple. Except they're not. Right, so I love this. Team LGBTQ plus at the Olympics would have ranked 11 in the total medal count ahead of Canada and just behind France if we as queer people were a country, which I think would be the best country ever. 11 gold, 12 silver and 9 bronze for Team LGBTQ+. Yes! So today is a very special Olympics episode. Today we are joined by the swimmer Michael Gunning. He's got both Jamaican and British citizenship, so he used to represent Team GB, but he now represents Jamaica. Even though he's gay and it's illegal to be gay in Jamaica, which I don't quite understand. Right, well, I'm sure we can get into that with him, Dan. We're going to chat about Tom Daly's incredible speech at this year's Olympics and what that means for LGBTQ plus representation in sport. Plus, we hear Michael's very own coming out story, which happened on TV in front of his entire family. All right, let's get into it then. Please welcome Team Jamaica's Michael Gunning. Hello, thank you for having me on. Oh, my light just went out. That was really weird. Oh my God, you're seeing me without my ring light. Hold on, I need to get that back on. I cannot be (laughs) on here without a ring light. Are you not at work, James? I am at work, so yeah. you take a ring light to work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't everyone carry a ring light with them at all times? Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. I can't get my head around this, so please explain it to me. How, how can it be possible that you... Uh, you, you represent a country where it's illegal to be gay, but yet you represent them as a gay man swimming. Did somebody somewhere not get the memo? How does that work? <laughs> you know what it is? So even though there's all these different laws and legislation out there, so it's illegal to kind of show affection to the same gender out in public and on the streets. And obviously I'm not, not dating anyone. I'm not kind of throwing it out there. So I suppose it's never really come to their attention it's only me talking about it that kind of people go oh are you you know and so yeah it's I think it's weird and I think I really hope that the laws will change I think kind of the society that we live in different countries are starting to change their laws and I think it's it's outdated you know so hopefully soon in the future it will kind of change and you know, like the UK did. I think lots of different countries have evolved. And let's not forget, it's the UK's fault. Those are colonialist laws that have come into play because of the stuff that we were preaching about. Yeah. Um, also, I think I've I've been doing. I did this like side hustle podcast about travel. So I've I've changed my opinion on countries that are homophobic because I used to be like, well, I'm never going there. Yeah. And then I kind of realized, like, actually, there are people there that are gay because we know that people are just LGBTQ plus everywhere. 
And by visiting those countries, especially someone in your position, you're sort of an ambassador to LGBT people. You're going there and you're showing them, look, I'm gay yeah, and I'm I'm doing this. And that's that's such a big thing that can't be underestimated how powerful that is. Yeah, you know, I think as well, like kind of growing up as like a young swimmer and a young sports person, there was no one that looked like me. There was no one that acted like me at the Olympics in the spotlight in swimming. So I think now that people like Tom and this Olympics, there's the most out athletes out of any Olympics. And I think that's just so amazing and it's showing people how far we've actually come. But I think also having, you know, I think it's 135 athletes. We've still got a long way to go as well. There's many athletes in there that probably are still struggling with themselves and their sexuality and who they are. So, you know, we've come such a long way, but I think we've also got such a long way to go too. I feel incredibly proud to say that I am a gay man that, and also an Olympic champion. And I think it's something that, I've, I mean, I feel very empowered by that because, you know, it's, uh, when I was younger, I thought that I was never going to be anything or achieve anything because of who I was. And to be an Olympic champion now just shows that you can achieve anything. We can't underestimate how hard that is for someone like Tom or yourself to stand up there and be openly out, right? Yeah, you know, I think one of the hardest things when I did come out was I felt like my performances were being taken away from you know kind of over my sexuality was overpowering the different kind of things that was put out there you know it was gay black swimmer michael gunning gets a silver but instead you know i'm just a swimmer and yes i am black yes i am gay but i'm still just a swimmer winning a silver medal and i think that was one of the hardest things to kind of process that in every title i would be referred to as that label but i think now kind of looking back and obviously seeing the olympics we need to start somewhere and actually by having that headline, by having that title, it's showing people that it's more common, that there are people like that. And, you know, I hope in five or ten years it won't be gay, black or, you know, gay, lesbian. It will just be their name as, you know, whatever medal they get. And, you know, that will be an amazing place to be around because... It is hard to, it is hard to be out. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I think many people look to you about how to how you should act how you should be you know obviously many role models you look at swimming and you say right i need to be like this i need to do that and this is what i need to do before my race i remember slapping myself being like really serious before i used to compete but actually i didn't used to swim too well when i got too serious and too kind of psyched up but since coming out being happy waving just being myself and doing what i want to do i've really seen the improvement in my results and ultimately that is it if you're authentically you if you're not suppressing anything if you're more relaxed and you can be who you want to be you're gonna succeed and you know hopefully more people that know that and understand that more people will be true to themselves ah mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. How difficult is it to be out in Jamaica? Because I've, I've never been there, but I have in my time, for whatever reason, listened to a lot of dance hall. How difficult is it? Do you, do you worry about going over there? Yeah, my family don't want me to go over there 
um, just because of the reaction and from messages that I've received already online, I think I would be a little bit scared going back. But I think that's why it's nice that I can be living here in the UK and I can do what I can to try and help that out there. You know, obviously I know that there's so many people that are closeted that can't be themselves. Well, I'm in a position where I can try and fight for that, that where I can try and show people that it is more accepting and change the people, you know, the people up above and, you know, all the governing bodies view or things, you know, like for the Commonwealth Games next year, I'm a Pride House ambassador. And obviously there's lots of countries that it's illegal to be gay and lesbian and to have that safe space at a Games. I know there is a Tokyo Pride House as well. I think shows organisations, shows governing bodies that the competition that is being hosted is LGBT friendly. It is accepting to that community. So if we start by sport, you know, obviously everyone watches football. Everyone loves football. And now Olympics, everyone watches loads of different sports. But if people start to know and countries start to know that, you know, these massive sporting events are are accepting to LGBT communities. Hopefully it will just pan out and people will start to reconsider the different laws and legislation in place. Two unlikely friends take on the world. It was only a few weeks ago that the, the World Cup finished. Sorry, um, the, the Euros finished. There's been a lot of sport, hasn't there, recently? The, the main takeaway from that, unfortunately, was all the, all the racist abuse that was going around um, the day after on, on Twitter and whatnot. I couldn't believe it. Was it surprising to you to, to, to see all that stuff or are you kind of used to seeing that stuff? I didn't expect the extent of it. I think there was always, you know, even if you go on social media, you will always see the odd racist comment that people normally overlook or, you know, but I think the fact that it was just hitting your face, you know, with everything and it was really tough to see. And it just baffles me why people feel like they have to go online to kind of do that stuff. And, you know, obviously out in public make people feel uncomfortable. I was very lucky because I actually went to that football game and on leaving the stadium, I think the the atmosphere was so different to me arriving and everyone being excited to having to deal with losing. And I was very scared about kind of my safety leaving. And, you know, no one wants that. No one wants to experience something like that. Wow, that is horrible. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not cool. We've done various different interviews with people and heard about how difficult it is also just being gay and black and how that is like almost a completely different journey because there's so much to overcome and even more shame around that uh and then also racism not just within the community but outside of it do you feel that too do you experience that sort of problem in our inside our community around different people i will automatically try and act differently you know when i was walking to the stadium that day i really thought about my mannerisms and what i was walking like and you know no one wants to do that i think it's taken such a long time for me to kind of be accepting of who i am as a person and the positives and the negatives obviously when i'm i feel like i'm very expressionistic i'm always very happy and suddenly i try to blend in to act more straight to fit in with everyone else of being like a football fan and yeah yeah it's tough was it tough for you coming out michael yeah i really suppressed my sexuality for a long time i knew when i was 12 13 that i was attracted to guys but i kind of pushed it deep down inside of me so i never had to think about it i never you know, I would obviously was getting changed in front of everyone and it got to the point where I didn't feel anything. I kind of suppressed it for so long and shut it deep down inside of me that it just never came out. And 
you know, I think even now, you know, obviously I'm now so vocal, I love advocating, but I think there's still something inside of me that's still kind of closeted, that's still stuck. And I think until I kind of step out into the LGBT community and proper embrace who I am as a person rather than an athlete, I think, yeah, I think I've still got a lot more growing myself, but it was tough. It's interesting you separate yourself as an athlete and a person. Yeah, I think, you know, being a sports person, you put all your effort into the sport that you do. You know, I'm I'm swimming 25 hours a week in the pool, 30 hours a week. And I don't really have time to, you know, fo- you know, I don't have time to date. I don't have time to kind of do anything like that. Everything and all my effort is put into training. So I think it's quite easy to block out different things and relationships and emotions when you're, all your emotion and effort is going into swimming. So I told my family when I was 19, And I think that was in, yeah, about 2015. And, you know, my dad was like, how do you know? You know, you don't actually know if you're gay, if you've never been on a date before, you've never actually kissed anyone before, Um, which I know is quite crazy, but that was just me. That was who I was. And I actually, I came out on a TV show. I went on to The Bylife with Courtney Act. And I think, you know, it was a show where you could just be yourself. You could have those open conversations in the villa and try going on a date with different people. And I knew as soon as I went on a date with a girl that I just never had the, those sexual feelings towards a female. And it was quite hard to actually bring that feeling out again for men as well, because I'd suppressed it for so long. But I think as soon as I had those conversations and engaged with people that kind of understood, I think that is that just really, really helped. And I think that's why I want us to, you know, this is why this podcast is so good, because you're having those conversations, you're making it normal for people that, you know, are not really sure. This whole journey has been so amazing for me. And obviously, like, I've been on my first ever date with a guy, been on my first ever date with a girl, my first ever date in general. And honestly, like, just having you guys by my side and, like, backing me up the whole time, I couldn't have wished for, like, better friends and better people that I've met. Like, this journey has, like, made me realise that I'm gay. And just this whole like experience, like I felt like I needed to go through this. So I just wanted to tell you all. And... I'm so proud of you. I've been worried about that all day. Oh, so <laughs> if there is someone listening right now that's in a country like Jamaica or somewhere else where it is illegal to be gay and they're listening, mm. what's your advice if they're in that moment, they're on the ground and they don't know what to do? I think my advice would be try and talk to one person. You know, I think if you know that there is people that won't be accepting to you and won't support you, try and find someone that will, you know? I think they always say that a problem shared is a problem halved, but most of, most of the time in your head, you really overthink things. You know, before I came out, I really thought that the whole swimming world would hate me, that I'd be seen differently, but ultimately, you know, no one sees me any differently. If anything, they love me more and they want to have more conversations to understand what I've been going through. So try and tell that one person, whether it's online, whether it's a close friend or maybe it is a family member, um, just to make sure that you're sharing it because I think mental health is so important and if you bottle things up, it will just be even more tougher for you in the long run. So yeah, just try and open up and get, get those feelings out there somehow. Amen to that. Um, thanks so much, Michael, for joining us. Uh, we will you're see so you straight. soon. Amen. What's wrong? <laughs> is amen a straight thing? I don't know, just the way you say it. 
Oh, I mean, you, you are non-gay, so whatever you say sounds straight. You can say anything. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was really beautiful, Michael. I'm, now, now it sounds like I'm taking the piss, and I'm not, because it was. No, I've never heard you say that word before, actually. It was. It was really, really beautiful. Well, I use it a bit more sparingly oh. than you do, James, so that it has, it has real meaning when <laughs> so, you say it. You're so rude to me. Oh. Do you have non-gay no. friends as well, Michael? And are they as annoying? <laughs> Uh, I, don't know <laughs> I guess the answer is no. <laughs> no, honestly, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, and um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm sure. Uh, thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support a gay and a non-gay. Visit gaynongay.com/donate. Thanks for listening to a gay and a non-gay. If you've been affected by any of the issues, we'll drop some helpful links in our episode description, and we'd also love to hear from you if you're listening to us in a country where it's illegal to be gay. Get in touch us at get in touch by email. You can you can get in touch by email. The address is us at gaynongay.com, or you can DM us on Instagram.